Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Detroit News, Lions beat writer Justin Rogers. Whenever I'm bored out of my mind and I've hit the end of the internet and I've got just nothing, nothing else to do, I listen to Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40. Chris and Case. Yadi ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 215. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit, and I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How are you doing, my man? Good, Chris. Uh, so, you know, my girlfriend uh, has been away for a couple weeks. I decided to test out a new look while she was gone. I think it's going pretty well. People seem to be responding. <laughs> What kind of people? I mean, I, I, I'll just tell her, just go to the YouTube, folks. Check out our YouTube channel this week. Casey's got the uh, the full seventies pedal look going on here. <laughs> what is this case? Girlfriend's gone. You're getting desperate. Is that it? It's <laughs> all right, Chris. I just need to get some blackout from my van and make it all all all, all come together. Okay. Okay. All right. In today's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Golden Tate and uh, and his discussion on Matthew Stafford. We're going to do uh, the biggest concern for the Lions in 2019. We uh, just saw some PFF O-line rankings come out. We'll talk about that. And, of course, the training camp party, that, and a whole lot more. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. Case, you ready to go, my man? Hey, Chris, question. Uh, do you know how to make doors only open from the outside? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Of course, the very first donor, Mathis. And Brian B. from I Prevail. Big donor, big supporter of the show. Wears our t-shirts on stage while they're on tour. That's awesome. Uh, Great stuff from him. Great new album. Make sure you check that out. IPrevailBand.com. Hit us up. Save our bacon by going to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. I don't know what the big threat is, but bacon's always got to be saved, right? Um, you get it over there. We'll get yeah, You'll get access to Slack, which is literally the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Everybody is astounded and uh, when they get there and see it. Great stuff. Interact with Riz, Case, myself, that whole thing. We also do a pre-show show occasionally. There's a site on the, uh, on the uh, website where you can get in and see some of that video. And then also there's uh, insider stuff, sometimes discounts, all that kind of stuff going on. A lot 
lot of great stuff and available to those who are Patreon subscribers. You get access to all of that for as little as a dollar per month. So join the crew, support us on Patreon, help us keep this show humping and uh, expanding and getting better at the stuff that we like to do for you. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast. Get there, follow us. It's the very best place to see Case. With no pants on. Hopefully he's the only thing in the picture. Uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube so you can see Case in all his uh, glory. Um, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in, subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you can see all the great live stuff we're going. Check out the trailer we got up there and uh, you'll be able to see the stream of our party after that. After it goes live, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're on Spotify. We're on iHeart. Wherever you like, you can go find us, grab us, listen to us, and uh, give us that five star review. Five star reviews are forever. Love us, live us, the whole thing. And uh, if you got some uh, feedback, we're more than happy to take it. Hit us up in the subreddit, DetroitLions.reddit.com, and uh, talk about it. We, we all the time are talking about how folks would love to see the show change and improve, and we're all ears. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message, and you will get a chance to be on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And the first thing I have to talk about is the fun and exciting things that didn't go down last week in Reddit because um, I got called out of town for work. It was a uh, you know spur of the moment thing. They said, go. And so I went and then we didn't do a show. And I apologize, folks. It was not the intention. I was going to come home. We were going to do it late. Uh, later in the week and, and, and nothing aligned. It was just a, a trail of tears and... Um, that's, that's all I to can be say fair, <laughs> it wasn't exactly like we had an extensive list of stuff to talk about. Yeah, so a couple things though, and, I, <laughs> and we told people we were doing it, and I, I feel bad. You know, the one thing that yeah. we 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 do do is keep our word, and we're consistent. Yeah, and all those do things. do do. <laughs> um, so sorry to everyone who who was hoping for a show last week. It it it, it really hurts when we can't uh, live up to that stuff for you. So again, we'll uh, we'll we'll make it up. Maybe we'll do an extra show along the way. I do have some travel coming up near the end of August. Um, early, like right around the, between the, um, preseason and the regular season. So I may be doing a show from India and if that doesn't make up for it, you guys should be, I don't know what to tell you. So sorry. (laughs) All right. Uh, let's talk about some football stuff here. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm somewhat reluctant to talk about this case. So if I seem a little bit harumph at some point, you can call me out for being a grumpy old man. Uh, Madden rankings. We're kicking off with Madden rankings. Every year, Madden rankings come out in the slowest time of the off season when nothing else is going on. And every year, people throw their hands up in disgust and talk about how bad the Madden rankings are and then rush out and buy the game and play it for the remainder of the year. <laughs> so, with all that disgust and hatred and frustration, Matthew Stafford comes in ranked. Where's he at? Do you remember? He's number 20 among quarterbacks with a ranking of 79. That really doesn't doesn't feel good, huh? Is the, is the disrespect real? I mean, if you look at some of the quarterbacks who ranked ahead of him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, 
I mean, he still ranks as like one of the top five in the league in arm strength. Mm-hmm. So there's that. He's got that going for him. Um, <laughs> it's uh, every year there are you know the best and the worst of the Madden rankings. I much like Pro Bowl voting, much like uh, player player you know voting, whatever. Um, it, it's just another. Uh, subjective, you know, thing and and say is that this one was outrageous enough that I think we've actually seen some national media say, um, what? Which at least, you know, that's nice because, you know, people think he's better than what Madden does, but I got to tell you, and this is, this is, this is going to be the unpopular opinion come big time, right? I'm going to tell you, these folks are basing this on last year's performance, an outlier performance, mm-hmm. maybe. But let's let's be honest. Stafford didn't put up great numbers last year. The team didn't put up great numbers last year. I mean, maybe it's more apt that this uh, 79 ranking that he got is uh, more a Jim Bob Cooter ranking than anything else. But um Either way, it, based on last year's performance, I can't argue too hard with that 79. I know, again, these are Madden rankings, right? But he's 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 a much higher quality quarterback than the 79 overall. But after last year's performance, I don't know that I can argue too hard about that ranking that he got. Uh, and I actually, I mean, I agree with that. The only difference is that um, there are a lot of quarterbacks out there and there are a lot of teams out there uh, that would get a lot more leeway for something like that than the Lions do or that Stafford does. Yeah. I mean, th- there are guys who, you know, could have a really terrible year and they everybody would, you know, go, okay, well, yeah, that's just an outlier. Stafford has a really terrible year and everybody goes, oh, well, I guess that's, you know, that's Stafford. Um, it was, it's funny to have seen the uh, progression um, of Stafford from being... Uh, even even on like places like RNFL, uh, where a few years ago people were like, "Well, he's you know he's better than you think he is," to people you know suggesting he's really truly a below average quarterback. I can't. I mean, I've I've seen. You know, and and I mean, truth be told, the, I don't I don't go to RFL that often. But when I do, and I see a thing, you know, about Stafford, there's always somebody uh, who's you know, uh, ranking him, you know, below the top fifteen, and and um, it's it's funny to have watched his ranking in general fall so far when he was a consensus top ten quarterback a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, but. In is, a better he, offense. is he a worse quarterback now? He, is he a the worse numbers would say now? yes, right? The I numbers mean, last well, year I mean, would okay, say yes, okay. but we've got a different and, and like, scheme this year, and we're going to see if it's a run-first scheme, maybe his passing efficiency goes up, right? Maybe he doesn't have a 5,000... Yard year though maybe it's a thirty five hundred yard. I don't year. I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Frankly, I don't. I don't actually want him to have a five thousand. I'm just year saying day. though. But when you start putting these things together and ranking quarterbacks, what it really comes down to is playoff wins. That's going to pump those numbers up in Madden or anywhere else, and <laughs> and people's thinking on on where the team is, no matter how good a quarterback he is. And um, 
it, it depends on the surrounding cast of characters that are there and the scheme that they play. So I'm not super concerned that he's that much different of a quarterback now than he was. But when you look at the rankings and the way, you know, the, the, part of his ranking is based on that surrounding cast. His performance is, is, is numbers are based on that surrounding cast. And, um, after last and as year, I've brought up time and time again, and we'll continue to do so, he's, you know, <laughs> you put him, uh, well, actually, we'll get into this. We'll get it. I'm going to leave that point because it, it'll come up in our next topic. Okay. All right. We can do that. Uh, Marvin Jones at 86. I, don't, I mean, I don't want to diss on the man, but I feel like that's a little high. <laughs> uh, one of the other things, though, to- no, that's, that's the funny thing about Madden. You're talking about, you want to talk about last year's performance. How is Marvin Jones that high based on last year's performance? Right. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, and those are the kind of inconsistencies where you say, well, some guys are going to get the benefit of the doubt and some guys aren't. And, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't always make sense. It's, it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and this is and, where the man rankings. might be just like a handful, like two, three dudes. I don't know how the mad rankings are, are developed. Yeah, but. and they use some people. I know they used uh, Kent Platt's RAS, and Kent's awesome. He's uh release the database to me to do some visualization work. I'm going to see if I can help with some things that we have. And I've had on. some criticisms. I like I like him plant. I think the RAS system it has its value, but it much like I mean it's good. I think it's 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 personally I think it's even less valuable in actually, you know, ranking a player than the PFF rankings are personally. Hmm. And I, you all know how I feel about the PFF, you know, player rankings. Yep. Yep. All right. So the thing that I think is the most concerning about there this, is a, there is a, there's a place for it. The thing that I think is the most concerning about this right now is that you got Snacks and Slay ranked as the top two players, and they're both holdouts. Um, they're not holdouts. Don't say that. Okay. So they're not holdouts. How would you like to say that? they're not holding out until they're until they until they say I'm holding out and I'm not playing games until I get a new contract, which neither of them has said. They're not holdouts. They just decided not to go to OTAs and they got fined. We don't know whether or not either guy will be. <laughs> you know, just, just make sure you say it the way because it could. I, I understand what you're saying, but the language is important because it, it just feeds into this mania people have about. I, I can't about control other people's the mania. They held out. They were on mandatory days. They didn't show up. They held. They're holding out. For more money of the off contracts. season, yeah, it's still mandatory days. They're not holding out of playing for the Lions. <laughs> they were holding out on mandatory. <laughs> you don't play games days. in the off season. They're holding out. It's the off season. It's practice. It's They're practice. Holding it's practice. out on mandatory days <laughs> that they were supposed to be there. Right. If All they right. don't show up in fine, training fine. camp, fine. it's still holding don't, out. Don't don't. I don't care about no the mania. Reason, I can't cure there's people. There's just no reason to feed the feed the mania. Feed the. I can't cure until there is a reason to believe. I can't cure that. That's their problem. They have to carry it. That's the reality. Taylor Decker ranked with a 76. I think that's bullshit. Prater with only a 78 on his arm alone. He should have a higher rating. That is that's. I mean, I don't know where the other. Well, to be fair, I don't know where the other kickers ranked, but on his arm alone, he should be better than a 78. KJ, CJ, two running backs. They're 81 and 80. I like they feel good. Amendola at 81. I think that's an interesting spot for him. That's a little high, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not based on his numbers. He's been pretty effective when he gets the ball. It's just keeping him on the field, right? Uh, Kenny G at uh, 83, which they l- usually lower than take. I mean, okay. So, I mean, it, it flaws and all things aside, you know, they didn't, they tend not to, 
overrate young players. And I, I can at least appreciate that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. He's only in his second. He only played two seasons. Yep. It's not like we need to assume, you know. And then you got Coleman, Diggs, Hawk, Theo, Ashawn, and Wagner all at 77. Uh, we'll see. Jared Davis at 72, I think, after last year's performance, I think he should be higher than that. Um, very Maybe. interesting. Very interesting. So, anyway, that's the that's the Madden rankings. What does it mean? What does it mean for this team and, and how they perform? Eh, it makes for some good Twitter fodder, but within a week and a half, everyone's going to forget about it. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> Talk about Golden Tate. This guy's a real jerk case. This guy is a real SOB who, you know, he's always talking smack. He's out there copping donuts, all the stuff that Tate's known for and all the stuff that he does. And here he is talking smack about Stafford. And uh, this is, you know, I think you said it earlier. You want to fight him over it, huh? Oh, yeah. I really want to fight Golden Tate. Who's the guy in Reno 911 with the mustache like yours and the shorts? Because that's what you look exactly like. <laughs> I can't get over that. Oh, that's very underrated show. Very underrated. Um. I'm going to look that up right now while you talk about talk smack about Golden Tate. <laughs> okay. No, uh, Golden, Golden Tate came out and said something along the lines of that, that Stafford was the best quarterback that he has ever played with. Uh, to, he further said... That uh, he he you know he he may have actually subtly thrown a little shade at the Lions organization, saying you know if Stafford played with a different organization, who knows what would have happened. Uh, a statement that I completely agree with. Um, the but there's so much context, and I I feel like everyone that I've seen talk about it. Uh, uh, and I, I was listening to the Fox Sports Radio on on the way home from work today, and right. for once in a great while, I, I I've been living in Fargo now for a year and a half, and that's the only time like I didn't get I didn't get sports radio out where I was living before, except for occasionally AM you know coverage of football games. Um, so in the first time in a year and a half. I actually heard them talk about the Lions. I've occasionally heard them say the word Lions, usually as the butt of a joke. But um, this was the first time, literally, and it was Colin, Cow- uh, uh, Colin Coward, and uh, he had TJ Husmanshada as a guest. And they were talking about this thing uh, from Stafford. And, and of course, uh, Colin, as he is apt to do. And, and you know, it's, it's a tough job to cover every angle. Um, you and I have a little bit more flexibility to uh, cover a, a single topic in a lot more detail than he does. So like, I'm not, it's not necessarily that I'm uh, coming down on it, but you know, it, it's also just propagating, you know, a, a limited, you know, view of the subject. Uh, it, it was all about who Russell Wilson is now compared to Stafford. So that's one piece of context. Okay. Uh, Golden Tate played for played with Russell Wilson his first couple of years. There's also another piece of context there that Golden Tate and uh, um, Russell Mm -hmm. Wilson didn't get along. And I know there's the whole, you know, the whole rumor thing. I I don't think that's actually, I think it's been disproven that uh, Jim Golden Dangle, tell us that, some, tell us that rumor, Lieutenant Dangle may have had some uh, surreptitious uh, clandestine meetings with Russell Wilson's um, significant other. Uh, oh my, him too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but point being, 
he played he played with the Seahawks uh, as Russell Wilson was a rookie and a sophomore. And at that point in time, Russell Wilson is, was not an elite quarterback. He was being asked to do less than any other quarterback in the league. I think even through the first like three or four seasons, they ranked lowest in the league in total pass attempts in the entire league. Um, now he wasn't bad. He was doing, he had some impressive, you know, showings, uh, but I mean, it was the defense and it was the run game that carried those teams to the, the, you know, the playoff success that they had in the Super Bowl win that they had. So it wasn't, he wasn't playing with Russell Wilson as he is now. He was playing with Russell Wilson when he was just starting out. So when he came over to the Lions, he was getting Stafford, uh, basically, right, as Stafford was kind of uh, approaching, you know, his his early peak years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it, in that sense, you know, it, it probably was a, it was a much different situation. Uh, Stafford was a completely different quarterback. And I think Staff, the way Stafford played the game suited Golden Tate way better. And that's a huge piece of context in what he's saying. If he's saying that he was the best quarterback that he's ever played with, does that mean he's literally the best quarterback he ever played with? Yes. Like when you look at their careers, or is it literally who the best quarterback that fit with his skill set when he played with them was? Because that wasn't Nick Foles. Oh God, you that were wasn't all about even semantics. I, 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 don't, I don't think he even played with. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, but like, was it well, the best well, quarterback he's played with, or was it the best quarterback he played with? It's the best quarterback he's ever played with. Period. You but didn't he didn't play with Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson was elite, and right, Russell Wilson exactly. is elite now. And I'm not going to argue against that. I'm not even saying that Russell Wilson isn't a better quarterback than Stafford. But he didn't he play with a better him quarterback than Stafford. He didn't play with. If him I could then. trade he them he's the one best for quarterback one right he now, ever played with. Boom. Doesn't he didn't say the best quarterback ever played with? How would he peak. know? How would he know if Russell Wilson is a better he quarterback, every quarterback than Matthew he's played Stafford? With. If he if he didn't, he didn't play s- with him when he was better than he is now, he didn't say he played with every <laughs> he, every he's better than every quarterback That's he played with at that quarterback's peak. He said he's played with he's better than every quarterback that he's played with. That's uh-huh. it. He didn't say anything about their peak or their different points. You know, he, you could say, well, he didn't say how they were in middle now school either. Right? Well, now yeah, who's being pedantic? Exactly. Well, no, it's just an example of how silly your analogy is. It's the best quarterback okay. he's played okay. with in the time okay. in his career, anyway, period. Or I feel like I, I, now I feel like we're on Fox Sports Radio. Um, <laughs> no, we didn't manufacture that. That's real. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. Uh, the other, you know, uh, one of the nice things that they came up, like I said, uh, Coward's guest was TJ Hoosman shot of the, the former receiver, um, played with a lot of teams. Uh, the Ravens is where I seem to remember the most, but I know he played with several other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, he was at, uh, a, he, he's, he's been coaching young receivers, uh, over the last few years, um, he was at wherever Stafford and uh, Galladay and uh, I don't even remember who, else, who the other receiver was were at while they were practicing. And Stafford was throwing balls to other guys too. Uh, from 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 what I understood from this, um, it, it, this is all like what I heard, you know, two hours ago, and I could be getting details wrong. But anyway, basically, what he said was that he he doesn't think that's wrong at all. That Stafford, you know, looks better throwing the ball than just about anybody else he's ever seen something along those lines it was very complimentary TJ played way back Despite, when he hasn't played with any of the good quarterbacks lately i'm not saying a truly quarterback yeah, era you semantic I'm not, genius i'm saying he i'm i'm god you are not listening to me <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't talking about way back when he played he was talking about now he was there he and stafford was throwing the ball 
at whatever thing they were wherever they were you know practicing this this topic is making me frustrated these pretzels are making me thirsty <laughs> all right let's move. don't choke oh man okay let's move on um i gotta before we touch on the next topic i gotta let you, you let you guys know it's a great time to get your Stafford jersey it's a great time to get any of your lions wear head on over to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com it'll take you straight to fanatics it sits a little cookie they let you know that you sent us or we sent you there and uh they give us a little kickback in your purchase it's a great way to support the show and support the team uh you're gonna do that stuff anyway so just go to fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com to get your stuff. You look good. There's uh, there's training camp coming up. You want that? You want your shirts from store.detroitlionspodcast.com, too. You want your, your Zach Zenner shirt for Zach Zenner Day and then the other stuff. So head on, head on over. Get those things. Get your merch. Get showing your swag and uh, showing how uh, how awesome you are and what team you support and what podcast you love to support as well by uh, hitting those places. All right. Well, we'll talk about a little bit about Stafford. He was thrown to Galladay. As you said, and Amendola in with Hushman Zada there. We got a uh, post from this is one of those those names. It's tough. You don't know if it's D Jodisi, DJ Odyssey or Jodosity. Who knows? I don't know what his name is, but he had a, a pretty decent post here. Um, he's he's a I'm not a Lions fan, but I'm actually a Titans fan. But I heard Mariota and some of the other wide receivers are going to be throwing at a D3 school up the road from where he lives, and the D3 school is Golden West out in California. He said when he got there, he saw a bunch of other players. Among the three, he saw John Ross, TJ Husmanzada, and if you couldn't identify, after a little while, he was on. He saw um, Stafford throwing to Kenny Galladay and uh, Danny Amendola, and uh, he said absolutely – uh, Galladay is worth pulling the trigger on, he said, for the uh, the fantasy. But uh, also, taking, taking a look at it, the reason these guys are there, there's a bunch of them there. A um, bunch of agents live around there. And so, like, a lot of college players, pre-draft players come there to work out. Agents will set up little camps. And then also, they uh, the, these guys, they share, share the same quarterback coach. So a couple guys went out there, and whoever, whichever wide receivers they could get to go out there, they work on some of the mechanics, they build out their chemistry, and uh, it's just a really, really good place to go do that. So uh, they got together, and this is that kind of stuff where you just like to see in a time when they don't need to be working out, in a time when they could be doing vacations, you, of course you want them to stay in shape, and they would because they're professionals. But in a time when they don't have to be, they're getting together as a group of guys, they're working on some of that chemistry, some of that timing, some of those things. Uh, it's it's good to see that happen. And as we talked about earlier, having Hushman Zada talking about um, how great Stafford looked out there feels really, really good. I'm I'm I have to say I have this little tingle of nervousness about about Staff this year. Um, a whole number of things, and we I think we'll talk about it a little bit in in a little bit in one of the other topics. But um, there's some things that I, I I'm concerned or have have paused. Just tingles in the back of my mind a little bit of concern about Stafford this year and how he's going to do so um and there's you know look I'm not I'm not terrified I'm not worried about him but there, there's just some data points and you got to look at the whole set of data and um you know indicators you have your little key performance indicators and a couple red lights are going you want to make sure you don't ignore them but um we'll, we'll see how those go so um good to see those guys out there throwing though and working together and it gives you a lot of good sense that as we all knew and we've known since he got here uh, and was <laughs> was sealed in his uh dislocated shoulder touchdown winning game um matthew stafford is a committed guy absolutely committed to his team and his craft and uh 
well, that, that, that just kind of shows in this sort of behavior because he doesn't have to be doing this. He could be holding out, right, Case? He could be. <laughs> He's not, and nobody else is either. <laughs> oh, man. So Hoosh out there is a good thing, right? Hushman's out of some of the work he's doing. You said he's been working with wide receivers, right? Yeah, he's he's been working with young guys. Um, I, I don't know. They, he didn't name anybody specifically that he's been working with, but apparently it's, you know, he's been he's been getting his coach on and things like that. Um, it just real quick, and I, we probably don't want to get too into it, but you know that I always say don't buy the outlier, and this last season was the outlier. We'll see. So I'm not buying it. It's one point. All right, uh, we got to talk about something that you want to talk about, an outlier. It's the once-a-year training camp party, August 2nd at the Uptown Grill in Congress. It is the part of the year. Dean Blandino will be there. Dan Miller will be there. Dan Miller will be there. Case will be there. Riz will be there. I'll be there. All kinds of Sam Man will be there. All kinds of crazy, awesome people are going to be there. Um, you're going to have an opportunity to interact with Blandino, do a QA. We'll have uh, Dan Miller hosting that piece. It'll be part of the live podcast we do there. Uh, get your tickets at party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Dinner's included, drinks, the the venue, the whole thing. We lost money on it last year, so we had to go up five bucks on the price this year. It's, it's, it's a break even deal. It's an opportunity to get together, have a great time, meet some awesome people. And uh, and get your drink on if that's what you feel like. Uh, again, it's August second, Uptown Grill at party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get your tickets. Get your tickets early before they all sell out, and, and then you wind up with no place and nowhere to go. Um, August first is Zach Zenner Day at training camp. Chris Case, Samman, Riz, a whole bunch of us are all going to be there. Make sure you get your shirt for that so we can identify who the Zenner crew is. That's at uh, store.detroitlionspodcast.com. You can set up and get all your, your shirts, but the Zach Zenner shirt is there. I love Zach Zenner. Looks sort of like I love New York. I love ZZ. And uh, we'll all get that. We'll hang out, and uh, we're working on some other stuff that we'll get to do, some special stuff for our ZZ peeps. Again, go to store.detroitlionspodcast.com to get those shirts, and, of course, party.detroitlionspodcast.com to get the tickets to the party. You don't want to miss it. It was an absolute riot last year and it's even bigger and better with more interesting characters this year all right uh let's go on we got a topic here and this is the one the biggest concern for the lions in 2019 it was posted by wax so came out of a bleacher report article and the picture the very first concern for the nfl was it was a wanted poster with case and his pedo mustache (laughs) because he looks Absolutely. YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Check out the latest latest stuff here with Case. He is absolutely uh Lieutenant Jim Dangle. There's there's no other way. <laughs> but it, um all right, biggest concern for the Detroit Lions in twenty nineteen. You go to the Bleachers Report article and after you scroll past the part about Case and Case's face, um the unsorted secretary not not S O R D I D, unsorted with a T secondary case. Is this it? Are we done? Are we going to give up 467,000 points a game? Do we need Golden Tate back to play as as inside linebacker? What what could we do to to solve all these problems that are Well, I mean, I'm sure that, okay, so the goal, I'm sure, was to, you know, uh, uh, define a position group that they felt was, you know, that that had the most concern. And I'm not sure I disagree. Um, 
I mean, I, I mean, I have, mm. I have some other concerns also, uh, you know, the wide receiver core, the offensive line, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, a, a ton of what ifs. And it doesn't mean that I'm not optimistic about a lot of players and a lot of situations in all those groups. Um, it just means that I understand, I think the, the concept that uh, there is some concern, um, but at the same time, it's, it's funny to be in a situation where you have, uh, you know, a lot of concern, but also a lot of room for positive. Um, for example, uh, Tracy Walker had, did, has played limited snaps as a starter. And there is no guarantee by any means that what positive he put on the field can hold up, you know, as a full season starting at full safety. There is just absolutely no guarantee of that. Um, if it does, if, here's an if, hmm. then if, if he plays as well in, over a full season as he did in the limited stats he had, uh, he will actually be upgrading the free safety position from where Glover Quinn was last year. Now, don't misunderstand that. Glover Quinn had an amazing career and certainly was better than probably Tracy Walker will ever be. I mean, I, I hope that Tracy Walker rises to that level. Absolutely. But, um, but Glover Quinn did not have his best year by any means last year. Uh, probably, I don't know how his his first few years in, in Texas went, but, um, it was certainly the worst he's been since those early seasons. Uh, so if Tracy Walker is able to, you know, uh, play full time as well as he did part time, then that's an upgrade. If if Justin Coleman comes in and plays the slot and uh, he plays as well as he played the slot in Seattle, mm-hmm. that's a huge upgrade over what we have. We've been getting killed in the slot. Mm-hmm. If if Rashad Melvin comes in and plays as well as the, as the number two cornerback as he did in India before he went to the Raiders, that's a huge up. That he might be the best corner, number two cornerback we've had in a very long time. You know, I just just you talk about upgrades from year over year. Last year, one of the things I really like seeing from our secondary is that uh, Ziggy Ansah never got beaten coverage, and I think that was a real step forward. Uh, for this defense over where, where it had been previously. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I can disagree with that. I don't. I don't, I don't think I can argue with that. Uh, <laughs> Why and, was he and, ever covering and, and, and once again, but, I mean, well, hey, we saw BJ Raji pick off that one pass that one time, so well, yeah. we know it works. Okay, okay, but um, it worked. <laughs> um. No, I, I, there's there's more too. You know, uh, if Slay were to, don't say it, uh, <laughs> decide not to play for uh, a couple games or something like that. I mean, that's that's an if. That is certainly an if that's out there. But if he decides to come back, uh, you know, for training camp or and and the preseason games and things like that, which is where the arrow is pointing as the most likely thing to happen right now, that could change. But right now then, you know, that situation is, is not an issue. So, and, and the whole depth thing. You know, I don't, I never expect that much out of rookie cornerbacks, but uh, he could certainly provide a potential depth. He's certainly got the speed and, and size uh, advantage compared to what we had in Tease Tabor last year. 
Uh, so there's that. I, I mean, not the over, size, but the speed. Over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, he does. He does. He has a better speed and, and he's, we'll see. We'll see. He's a rookie. And, and the one thing you'll find is no one's really talking about him. And we, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit here, a little bit in the, in the show as well. So, yeah, no. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's just a, it's a whole bag of what ifs. And the more what ifs you gather in a, in, in one situation, the more potential there is for a few of them to fail and and that that is cause for concern, um, but it's also you know it, it, the the best teams in the league have at one point or another had a whole lot of what ifs, and they got lucky. I'm not even sure if that's the right word. I, I, of course, there is some luck involved. They got lucky, and their plan worked, and that's what it takes, you know, to take to go from the what ifs to, you know, a, a very good situation. So you, so you just have to sit back, you know, as a fan and say, okay, uh, there's a lot of these things that could go wrong. We just have to hope that more of them go right than go wrong. And if more of them go right than go wrong, we've seen, we see improvement on the defense and improvement in the secondary from what we saw last year, which was mm, mediocre. A whole it was good real early in the year. Injuries started to pile up and a whole bag of what ifs is a different kind of bag of anything than I've heard of recently, but we'll leave that. Are you interested in what I think the, um, the the biggest concern for the lions? Yeah. Well, yeah, well, that's if you say Stafford, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say Matthew Stafford (laughs) Uh. and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you, let me, let me, there needs to be context around it. You know, you can't drop a bomb like that without context. The biggest area of concern for me for the Lions is Matthew Stafford. And and I, I, I understand fully that, you know, case like to talk about you last year. the outlier? N- no, I didn't put <laughs> it the outlier. But it's cause for concern. There's a red light on the, on the dashboard right now uh, based on his performance last year. And I'm not even talking about Madden rankings. I'm not taking those. In. I get a red light on my dashboard when I when I need an oil change. Then I get an oil change, and and my car is fine again. Right, but we're not going to change the the quarterback position. So the thing is, is he didn't perform well last year. You can throw into it some of the personal situation that's going on as well, and you can say that. Frankly, everyone said it a million times. If Matthew Stafford doesn't play, this team is not going to win. Period. He is the most pivotal part of this team. I don't have any, I don't want to say I don't have any reason, but we just have some light indications that things could possibly not go great. Will they go badly? I don't think they will. I have a lot of faith in Matthew Stafford. As we talked about earlier, his work ethic, him being out there with some receivers, getting their timing, getting some of their uh, the chemistry and stuff together, communication pieces. That's all great stuff. That's all stuff that, sh- that sh- you know, it shows you that Matthew Stafford is the Matthew Stafford he always was. But if I go from last year to this year, I look at the secondary. I say the secondary overall looks better now than it did at the end of last season. That doesn't cause me the most concern on the team. Matthew Stafford last season, if this is more than just a single data point and with the absolute just falling off a cliff that would happen to this team if he was the issue, is my cause for concern. I don't say he's the number one risk, but boy, he is a cause for concern because his his stuff doesn't come together over last year and this team will not perform, period. So that's why. 
I think we've said enough on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And again, that's the, I think, I think it's completely fair. I don't think it's anything with the, you know, they call them Stafford haters. It's not a Stafford hater place at all. It just is. It is an area for concern because we haven't seen him rebound from that single data point of one season. And like we talked about earlier, uh, multiple times, that's probably going to be one of the worst seasons, non-injured seasons of his career. And uh, I mean, non-injured in quotations. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just a (laughs) a couple back things. You don't even use your back in football. No. All right. So thanks, Waxo, for that one. That's uh, that's a good one. We can talk more about that as we go on. We want to talk about uh, fantasy football. It's coming up. We'll have some of the details for you next week. We're revamping the league this year. It's going to be a lot simpler for everybody, a lot more fun to play. We're also adding some pick'em stuff to it as well. We're going to have a massive pick'em league where the you have some fat, fat uh, uh, pot to choose from. We're going to have some smaller leagues where you have a better chance, but a little bit smaller pot. And guess what, Case? No hmm. IDP this year. None of that, that crazy defensive player stuff that makes everyone so angry. So it was never my thing, but it's you know it's never my thing throw. either. Even though I, I I have done continuously well and uh, had the best team in the league until playoffs in the the one year, and then last year I did come in. I think it was third. I think second or third last year. So uh, no, we're gonna go all unless we have a, a screaming, yelling, crazy uptake of people who have to play IDP. We're gonna run it all with team defense and uh, kind of the standard, and everyone knows it and has fun with it, kind of fantasy. So again, this is our the, you know the party is not a fundraiser. This is a fundraiser. Um, but the pots are good and the prizes are good. And we've got some other things like shirts and things we're going to throw in there for people. So make sure you get your chance. Casey, you want to play this year? Uh, we'll see. You're going to play this year. We'll uh, see. I mean, we'll, get, we'll see if we can get Riz in. That's the guy we want to see if we can get in. Because it's always great to take out the analysts and make them watch them finish last every time. Yeah. Never trust them again. All right. Also, Amazon Detroit, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. If you're going to buy anything from Amazon, head on over. Amazon.DetroitLions.com. Um, it goes straight there. You won't even see the site, but it throws a little cookie and lets everyone know. Easiest way to go get your stuff and support the show by doing something you're going to do anyway. All right. Pro Football Focus. P-F-F. You ever heard of them, Case? You're your favorites, right? You love their rankings and ratings and all that stuff. I mean, you live and die by it, right? As I've always said, I think their advanced statistics are great for, um, you know, adding some context to this thing or that, that thing. They just aren't predicting context in and of themselves. The ratings are more or less garbage. Okay. <laughs> well, guess what? We've got some rankings here for from PFF. And let's talk about that. They have the Lions ranked number 15 drop in the middle of the league. Obviously, they've taken the look of the biggest concern being the secondary and the other biggest concern being Matthew Stafford and said, this team is concerning. We're going to put them right in the middle of the field for 2019. How do you feel about that? Um, Well, I don't completely disagree. Uh, You know, like like we were talking about what ifs. Uh, Here's what they have projected as the starters to. Left tackle, Taylor Decker. Agree with that. Left guard, Kenny Wiggins. That's the one that's really up in the air. Um, and who plays which guard position, et cetera. Um, that's, that's the one where it's hard to really predict. Um, and how, how on earth are you grading Kenny Wiggins um, and how uh, compared to, you know, the other guys when the other guys, you know, didn't play as many snaps or, or you know, anything like that. So it's a really difficult, you know, place to go to figure out what the left guard position is. They do have Frank Ragnow playing center, which, you know, at this point, I think is 
almost a certainty. Again, you know, things change in a heartbeat. They have Graham Glasgow at right guard and Rick Wagner at right tackle. Um, the problem, the biggest, the biggest problem with trying to rank offensive lines via PFF more than any other position group, more than quarterback, even maybe more than wide receivers, more than anyone on defense, the scheme that they're using is vital to the effectiveness of, of, of an offensive line and the players around them. Right. Absolutely. Um, It's a, it, it's more of a situation of do they fit, do those players' skill sets fit, then are those good players? Uh, Larry Warford is maybe my very favorite example. Um, he's massively talented and he's having an excellent you know, go of things in New Orleans. He had an excellent start in Detroit, but they started trying to do things with him that did not fit his skill set and his play deteriorated. That doesn't mean he was a bad player, but he wasn't gaining the notoriety. He wasn't getting the, you know, the 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 scores, the PFF scores, things like that. Uh, he, you know, we he had a he burst onto the scene even even you know with his PFF score um, as one of the best rookie linemen, and then just stagnated there because they didn't ever use him in the way in a way that was advantageous. So, you didn't think uh, Ron Prince fine. was the guy that was taking care of him? Right, exactly. 15 is fine as a place to put the Lions, but the offensive line rankings uh, of teams who have changed uh, offensive coordinators, who have changed um, offensive line coordinators, who have changed head coaches, who have changed schemes, wildly fluctuating situation. Um, So 15 may be right on the money because it's it, I don't necessarily see uh elite talent in this line despite the fact that I mean I mean overall mm-hmm. despite the fact that we've you know spent elite you know resources to try to make it that um but at the same time it, it, if the if the scheme fits if the way that Daryl Bevel wants to run his offense fits with these guys fits what they do well and these guys could be great they could be easily top 10 if it doesn't fit, even if they're even if the talent is there, they're they they could easily be bottom ten. So I mean, yeah, I'm 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 going to tell you just um, a couple things. I, I'm surprised you didn't yell at me or catch my um, effect of the secondary, the quarterback, and the O line ranking. You just gonna let that one fly. Um, <laughs> so the, the the I I really see this team and and I and my belief and things that I've heard and seen from from folks who've been there at practices is how this line looks, how how they're they seem to be fitting together, and how they're playing their roles. I would see them as a top ten kind of offensive line with without any real data yet and, and on field data based on how they're playing. But I'll say absolutely the very very bottom of the top ten. I, I, I just I don't think that this ranking is super far off. But it, as as with all these things, right? Yes, just small data set to work with throughout the the year. With when it comes to game time, it takes you a couple games to really see what you're looking at with these folks. You'll be you'll get a better inclination come training camp, but it's going to be the fourth week or the fifth week of the season before we really know how this offensive line is working together as a unit, how it works within the scheme, and and where how they fit within the the kind of um, articulable 
listing of the the other offensive lines in the in the NFL. This is this is a lot of this stuff right now is such early days stuff and speculative that it's kind of hard to put a whole lot of weight in it. I weigh it probably as strong as I weigh the the Madden rankings at this point. It's just bottom line trying to uh, analyze uh, offensive lines in the offseason uh, when there have been changes is one of the most difficult, if not impossible, and if not, you know, most um, inaccurate things that you can do. So it, while I understand, you know, it, it's, it's just an entertainment piece, you know, that's, I mean, frankly, that's all PFF is outside of, you know, the advanced statistics that teams actually were willing to buy from them. Wait, um, hold on. I got, I got a, a quick headline that came in from them. Go fuck yourself because it's just entertainment. Yep, that was what he meant. Sorry. <laughs> but I mean, it, just in general, if you want to try to base an opinion too heavily on any kind of offensive line analysis in the offseason, you're going to have a bad time. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the thing is, is these guys do this. All they have to do is get one right and they can, they can talk and they can crow about it on Twitter all, all season long. So, all right. Well, the flip side, sorry, real quick, real quick. Just the flip side of that is, is if you look at a team like the Cowboys who had a, a consistent offensive scheme and really good players in that offensive scheme and didn't have the great turnover from year to year for several years there. Now things are, you know, things have different now, yeah. worse now, but for several years now, that's a, that's a ranking that I can buy into. And, and it, because there wasn't much change either in the way they were playing or who was playing. It's almost so, like I mean, you can weight it with more reality, right? Because right. there's so little change right. in exactly. personnel and exactly. scheme. And if you had a, if you had a group of guys who were really bad and they didn't change, you know, their the system they were in, they were still likely going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> like the Cardinals, yeah. although they're changing systems. Yeah. So so, so who knows? We should rank them 17th on the on the nose. Hey, you've yeah. got some uh, some power rankings coming out. You got your pedo stash. Do you have uh, and your girlfriend's gone? I don't know which way. It was the stash first, then the girlfriend left, or the girlfriend left, and then the stash came. Either way, the third thing is you do the power rankings, right? Yes, yes. That is the third most important thing there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm still working on them. Um, Boy, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll tell you. Uh, Patriots end up number one, and I tried to think of a reason not to put them number one. But um, at this point, I'm just truly done trying to predict them going anywhere but number one until they prove it. That they're not number one. Even last year, even last year, I think I, I ranked them number two. And that was like, like almost shocking to rank them not number one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just lost, lost a Super Bowl. But, um, and I said, you know, the, there's a good chance the loss of, you know, coaches and players they went through, that's going to be a tough thing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they did. all right let's move in one more topic here before we head on over to our very special guest uh nfc north picking each team's sleeper for the lions it was cornerback amani our warrior that was from nfl fan 84 it's about a week old sorry we we didn't get that up any quicker it was my my work that got in the way as i mentioned earlier amani our warrior our guy um very interesting uh i i (laughs) We've talked about it a lot about corner first year cornerbacks. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a, on a little side tangent before we get into this. At what point do we think? Because the, the league is always changing, right? And now we're starting to think about. And this isn't just you know bluster about the Lions getting Hawk in the first round, but first round tight ends, um, first year tight ends are starting to make an impact in the league. 
And uh, it's like hmm, that that wasn't the case for so for so long. It's become more of an important position. We're seeing them actually make a difference. Cornerback is the most athletic position on the field. And then you tie that into all the technique and, and pieces that go with playing that. Do you think there's ever going to be a time case when that first year cornerback becomes that superstar right out of the gate with any kind of regularity? Well, I didn't think that was possible tight end and that seems to be changing. So I, I, I'm certainly not going to say never. I and mean, it's not like there's never been a really good cornerback out the gate. Sure, it's sure. just very unusual. Yeah. Um, the re- with regularity piece, right? Right. So uh, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, think we're there yet i don't think we're at a place right now uh with the way college is playing cornerbacks that they that they're gonna you know transition immediately to the nfl very well um he's certainly got the physical tools that if he you know if if somehow everything clicked right off the bat of course you know he's got the physical tools to be an elite cornerback he's got a size speed combo that that could be you know that can easily keep up with most of the best receivers in the league and, and, and uh, jump with them and, and, you know, strength with them and things like that. Yeah. He's just young, right? You, yeah, you it doesn't mean it's, I mean, he's going to get, he's going to get fooled. He's going to get, he's going to get pushed around. He's going to get tricked. He's going to get, you know, uh, out, out, uh, routed and things like that. It's, it's just going to happen. He's so playing against pros, um, right? With him, I mean, I mean, expectations, <laughs> Expectations need this. It, it, it's it's funny because cornerback. Um, I feel like it's on the defense anyway. Is the most criticized position, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, if if a play is a big play and a, and a guy catches a big pass down the field, who's the guy who's going to get you know criticized? Right. The guy who is in coverage. And so it's a tough, you know, mentally, it's a really difficult position to put young guys in. And I would like to see them not put him in a position where uh, he's... Now, the funny thing is, I actually think, and and I'm not suggesting he's ever going to be, you know, uh, an NFL talent. But I, I actually, you know, I'm so impressed with the way Tease Tabor took that you know, schooling and, and, and matured himself around it. Yeah, This year is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how, how well that's paid off for tease. That, like I said, I, I, that doesn't mean I think tease is necessarily going to be an NFL talent, but if, if every young quarterback that we got who had, who got taught a lesson on the field that way, you know, then I think you'd, you'd find a, a much larger group of them that uh, develop well over well, time. And if you think of Kyle um, Mankey's article on, on Tease, right, where he, even back when he was in Florida, he was, maybe his head wasn't in it too as much as it, as it should have been. And he had some other issues going on, right? Or a lot of, a lot of jack around stuff. And if he, it seems like this offseason, he's really kind of come to grips with himself He's focused mm-hmm. himself. He's he's the the thing about Tease Tabor that people don't realize. He may not be the greatest <laughs> the greatest cornerback in the, in the league or on the team, but one of the things he suddenly brings is a whole set of lessons for guys like Amani Aruwariye and uh, on how to act and how to practice and how you can lose it by screwing it up. So there's there's a little bit of that kind of coaching mentorship kind of thing that he can bring to help a young guy. And and help focus him on the game and learning the game and 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 they're young enough and they're close enough in age 
and and he can see it. I mean, our warrior can see what happened and how Tabor was compared, you know, to college and what he's done in the NFL and say, oh, my gosh, this is something that I truly need to work on. And as much as working on your craft as a cornerback is valuable, that's the kind of, you know, difference of a, it can make in a player. You got Stafford out there working. Maybe, you know, maybe we got a guy like uh, – uh, our warrior out there, you know, hooking up with Woodson or something like Slay did, right? Or or somebody mm-hmm. else giving mm-hmm. him that 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 learning and that training right now to help him get to be better. Will he be a number one superstar? Or, you know, the superstar year one. Well, he fell for a reason. We don't have a whole lot of understanding around the the thinking on that. We'll probably get that over the course of time here and get more into that as we learn more from different players and teams and see how he plays in that. But the fact remains that. People have surprised from all different rounds of the draft and all different places in the draft. And it's all about mindset. And, and, and that kind of thing that happened to him in the draft, how he fell, that's the kind of thing that can inspire a guy as well. So he, he's got a lot of things kind of pointing in the direction to force him and inspire him or to kind of beat him down and pull him back. So it's interesting to see if he is a sleeper or if he's the kind of guy that's going to kind of take the ride and, and get his couple years out of his rookie contract and then then move on, which which it kind of feels like with Tease. Don't want that for Tease, but we'll we'll definitely see. I still I still just like <clears throat> I would wonder if Patricia has specialized a role like type of guy that he can be at times. If Tease couldn't be used as just a red zone cornerback because yeah. if he didn't have to keep up with the, the elite speeds uh, down the field maybe he could I mean he's big enough he's got jumps he's got ball skills I, I just I don't, know. Like I don't know Wait, it's, a, it's a huge disappointment because because I mean he could in the use the right way and if, if he can overcome all the mental and you know stuff then uh, I don't know. It, it's a it's a what could have been situation, yeah. and hopefully it, it is a what could be situation. I just what think. is. I mean, it's unlikely at this point. But. Well, we'll see. We'll see what the mindset change is done and the and the training change. He's been bulldogging res- it. So fact, let's see. I I, I should I, I want to say it again. I've said it a couple times uh, in in previous weeks, but I I really do. I really respect his mindset because I feel like I I relate to that. I I was cocky and, and uh, cocksure and headstrong, you know, coming out of high school and, and had to learn a lot of lessons and life beat me down. And then I, you know, buckled down and, and, uh, you've become became, legitimate Jim, Jim Dangle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I, I appreciate it in that I can see, you know, a little bit of, of my own like mentality through my, you know, maturation process and in, in what he's going through now. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good way to end it. So, uh, good luck to to tease. Hopefully, uh, Mister Our Warrior can uh, can jump up and step up and be that guy. Um, hey, if you're going to training camp, don't forget you need tickets. T i x ticks at Detroit uh, ticks at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Ticks at Detroit Lions Ticks for dicks or dicks for ticks. <laughs> oh, no, stop that! Stop that! Ticks at DetroitLionsPodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> take you over to SeatGeek, get you all your, your, your tickets you need for training camp, for preseason, for the, the season itself. Any sport, anytime. Ticks.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Thank you all for checking that out. Um, I, I guess, you know, we can, we, we've, got, we've got it. We've used this for for one person in particular, but I guess we can say it's time for the Riz, too. Are you ready to get schooled? 
It's time for Risden's Wisdom with the Riz, Jeff Risden. All right, and that's it. It's time for the Riz. How you doing, buddy? We got the Riz, the managing editor of Lions Wire. He's managing editor of Browns Wire. He's managing to watch his son play some basketball right now, and he's just <laughs> barely getting by otherwise. How you doing, brother? <laughs> I'm good. I apologize in advance for the, the noise going on in the background. we got an AAU scrimmage going on, and there's no other place for me to be. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to be with you uh, on, on a little bit of borrowed time here. All right. All right. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll make sure we honor your time. Got a couple of quick topics. The first one, I'm going to dive right in for it. Justin Coleman. You know, there's there's something that's kind of evolved since we picked him up. And uh, we were really, you know, it was early in free agency and everything else. And we were talking about how Justin is a really, really great slot corner. He's the guy. He's really going to lock that down. Now all we need is our cornerback, too. And we're in great shape. Free agency, the draft, everything else happened after that. And we're looking around and saying, wait a minute. <laughs> who's who's the cornerback? What is Justin Coleman actually going to be our CB2? And as this kind of realization has happened, there's been a narrative change around him where we're talking about he's going to be there and people are like starting to talk about how good he'll be and he's better than people think. And the only thing we've seen from him that's changed since when we first said he's not going to be on the outside and he's a um, a slot guy is that he's been out there in shorts. What's other than, you know, <laughs> and, and, and the three days I was in Allen park, he wasn't even in that. He was like off on the side there working with the injured guys. So, so how did this narrative change? What happened? Is he really going to be our CB two or we got so, is T's stepping up? Uh, I, I think the guy that everybody forgets is, is the, the, the guy that we picked up from the Colts. Um, and, and I think that, that, um, I'm blank on his name right now. Never mind. Um, Yes, for Sean Melvin. Thank you. Yes, yes. He played for the Colts for a while, too. Um, Yes, he was actually good with the Colts. Right. Right. Um, Then he got hurt, and then he went to Oakland where everybody goes to die, and and now he's trying (laughs) to revive himself. Um, It's either him or Coleman that will be the number two outside corner. I'm okay if Coleman proves that he belongs outside. My question would then be, though, who plays inside? Because Melvin cannot play inside, he's an outside guy. At, at that point, are you running a, a straight three safety look where, where Quandre comes up and plays in the slot? Um, if, if there's if there's three receivers on the field and if there's not, you know, he goes back and plays a little With bit of safety. Being the third safety? Well, you got Tracy Walker, you got him, and, and you got uh, Tavon uh, uh, Wilson. I, I almost called him Tavon Austin. <laughs> I, need, I need sleep, guys. I, I, Tavon I'll, I'll Wilson, honest, yes. I, I forgot Wilson was still on the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and and I, there there will be some who will say that Miles Killebrew can fill that. I, I'll believe he makes the team when I see it. So yeah, they they can do that sort of thing as long as it's as long as it's a meritocracy and Coleman proves that he belongs to be outside that he's you know sufficiently better outside than anybody else. I don't have a problem with it. You put your best players on the field, sure. Um, and you know if if he's better outside than anybody else. I think that's probably a little bit more important than having slot receiver mm-hmm. covered most times because you can find, I don't want, I want to say you can find guys who can cover the slot, but if you're desperate, Diggs can come up and play that. You know, you can, you can plug in, I don't know, Jamal Agnew, if he makes the team, which I still don't think is going to happen, but that's, uh, that's my little, that's, okay. that's my you know, there's, there's options that you can have inside. Now, the, the problem is that you don't know who that is on the team because Melvin can't. Tabor clearly can't. Oh, my God. Can you imagine he's in the slot? That's, no, no. Oh, <laughs> ugh, nightmare fuel. I cannot. Uh, 
So Here's, maybe that's why, honestly, I think it's people should have too much time to, to think about things that aren't going on. Right. Yet. Um, and I, and you know, that's, I'm guilty of stoking those fires myself, <sighs> but at the same time, you know, I, I, I do think that Lions fans in general underappreciate how good Justin Coleman has been in a defense that is similar in a, in a role, even if he's outside, that's similar to how he's going to be used here. Uh, and, uh, you know, we talked, I, I blanked on Melvin's name. I, I guarantee you that if you asked 50 casual Lions fans, 30 of them couldn't name that Rashawn Melvin is on the team. So yeah. I, you know, I think that's, there, there's a lot of, you know, ignorance and, and ignorance is, is not a bad word. I don't, I don't have the negative connotations with being ignorant no, as no. I do with being willfully, you know, ignoring things that are different. <laughs> willfully, willfully ignorant. Um, right. Exactly. I know what you're saying. There's a difference between, <laughs> yes. you know, just not knowing and choosing not to know. Yes, exactly. Um, there's, there, those are very different things to me. Um, if somebody calls me ignorant um, because I don't know something, I'm not insulted by that, and I don't think people should be. Um, that that word stick on too negative of a connotation. But, but if they call we, you, we in general are ignorant about what is going on at the cornerback, and I think some of that is the fact that we haven't seen these guys yet, and you know mm-hmm. that that leads to you know it's Detroit. People are going to be down on the team just in general, because it's Detroit. And that's, you know, that that's, that's the media that's speaking to a lot of the people who are, are freaking out about this right now. Well, and you know, the, well, there's a whole lot in there, boy. And, and yeah, right. I got a lot, I got a lot, I got a lot to draw. The only topic for there is, um, <laughs> the thing is, is in shorts and having to write content or create content. Right. Um, the difference on the ignorance thing, I'm, I'm trying to put a whole bunch of different things together here. The difference on the ignorance thing is if somebody said you were ignorant about the draft, that would be insulting because you're not and you studied it and you work hard at it. If you're ignorant about the, the, the 17th UDFA possibility from some practice squad obscure European NFL, <laughs> NFL Europe player, that's okay. It's right. okay to be ignorant of that, right? And I think that's yeah, the yeah, thing. Yeah, there's good context there. That's good nuance with that. Nuance is the key word. I've been in a direct message group today that has been slaughtering uh, Kean Fahey and his quarterback rankings. And uh, nuance is uh, something that's come up quite a bit in that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Case, go ahead and uh, and do your riff here on on Coleman. We'll see if we can squeeze in one of these other topics really quick because I know We're there was gonna... something that Riz talked about. It was, I think, really, really important. And, uh, okay, real quick. Um, first of all, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I listen to a lot of uh, like Fox Sports Radio in the car, you know, to and from uh, work. And uh, they're ignorant of a lot of what's happening in the league. But that's understandable because there's only so much time you've got. And that's it's not their job to know the nuance of every team. It's their that's job. That's correct. That's very and, correct. It's so like, it's easy to get upset with them about it. Um, but at the same time, it truly isn't like, that's not their job. Their job is to know about the things that are most uh, popular. So yeah. um, with, uh, with, with Justin Coleman, I think there's a few things specifically. First of all, I, I mean, does it make sense to move him outside if the drop off at, nickel is so significant without him at nickel um it was the comparative drop-off that's what i'm trying to say uh right. does the, because nickel will probably be the base defense for the lions right. or some version of nickel uh something with 
you know, a, a slot cornerback or a slot, you know, safety. Um, so if he's able to play, you know, 75% plus snaps, that is as valuable position or at least almost as valuable, valuable position as a CB2. So does it make sense to take a huge drop off there where we've been killed in the past mm-hmm. on, on, on short pass plays, Absolutely dink destroyed. and dunks that, that would just sustain drives against us? Or does it make sense to force teams at least to throw the ball deep where, you know, you can give where you can put a safety in, in double coverage uh, against, a, you know, exactly. a Rashad Melvin or even, you know, even a tease Tabor. Uh, if you can have a second guy in coverage against the guy that he's on, then that's, you know, that's 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 a tough call for me. The concept uh, and, of having a non-ideal guy in two positions and trying to cover it versus a non-ideal guy in one position and help him cover it with we a safety. We went through this period, with, yeah. with the Glasgow-Ragnow conversation last year. Now we're seeing how that's playing out now where where it's almost almost a given at this point that, that they're swapping because it makes more sense. So right. even if Glasgow takes a small step down at guard from what Ragnow is, Ragnow takes a big step up at center in theory. Uh, that that's the basic concept. So like, where's where, how can you maximize, you know, your total overall situation? And I think, you know, it, it, it yep. doesn't make sense to make any assumption at this point, any assumption, especially uh, if you, if you're looking at Rashad Melvin and, and we said, you know, obviously his time with the Raiders wasn't good. And I'm not suggesting that he's going to be revitalized in Detroit, but there's plenty of reason to think that what was happening in Oakland was not suited to what Melvin was good at. And so at least there's a good opportunity. Frankly, if he could play as well at the number two spot in a scheme that fits him better than what he was doing in than he did when he was with the Colts, um, then we might have our best number two cornerback we've had in a long time. Right. So, he, he, the hope is that he's, uh, he's the new Rasheen Mathis who was right. sort of in the same boat, a guy who didn't play all that well, um, had an injury that, that slowed him down uh, and was looking to, to revitalize his career late. And guess what he did? He gave, he gave the Lions two really good years. Yeah. If you can get yeah. one year out, even out of Melvin, I think that's, that's work. And that, that's a very, that can happen. That's, that's a credible outcome for this. Well, year. With the defensive with coach motivated too. He's on a one-year deal. So it's not like that guy is going to necessarily be slacking off. And you have a coach right. that can understand that understands the defense pretty well and probably can get a couple extra years out of a guy. Rashid probably could have done more if they had been able to scheme around with a guy like Patricia run pulling the levers on that. I just feel, I always feel better about getting more out of players uh, than otherwise would have under other coaching staffs. Um, okay, can you really quick move on to the – you had a great, great story on uh, lionswired.usatoday.com and uh, comparing Hawkinson, uh, TJ Hawkinson, to uh, a first-rounder. And um, It's not Eric Ebron. It's not Ebron, right? <laughs> and that's the one, of course, Lions fans want to go with. We but chatted you, about you, that. You brought in uh, O.J. Howard, and I, yes. ha- I have to say this is terrible – and we're scared because O.J. Howard was never that great in fantasy. No, he's not. Well, he's not. <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I, I had to make the most absurd comparison possible, Riz. <laughs> well, and, but I, I think the context of O.J. Howard joining the Buccaneers is similar. And, and I, I laid out there, you know, Kent Platt and his awesome RAS thing. They're, they're close in that. They're a little bit different. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, they are... 
they are similar enough that that is the guy who you should be comparing them to. And, and I was looking, I initially attacked that from a production standpoint. And, and I think that Howard, honestly, the, the production that he's had, and I don't have it in front of me, um, but it's, it's modest. It's, I, I think he's had eight, I think he's had, I think he's had years of five and six touchdowns and approximately 80 career catches in two years. But again, He's playing with with another a very good tight end, number two tight end in Cam Brate. They have Mike Evans. They have uh, Godwin. They, they had Deshaun Jackson out of the slot. They had a lot of weapons around him where he didn't have to be a featured guy as much as what I think Hawkinson will be in this offense. But in terms of his ability to line up in line, line up and move, line up flexed out, and do a lot of things that, that what, what you saw Hawkinson do very well in college is similar to what you saw Howard do well in college, and it's translated very. He's a very good player. He gets lost a little bit because, like I said, they had a lot of weapons in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't been good. But what? he's been re- he's been a really good player. He is a top, I'll, I'll say top eight tight end already after two years. He's had a little bit of an injury issue too, but I, I think he's a guy who can really blossom this year. And and I will be looking at him in fantasy this year because I think they are going to, with Bruce Arians as their coach, I think he's going to take off. But I yeah. think that the similarities are there for for him to be is a is a first round tight end the way that Hawkinson can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a it's a more apt comparison than comparing him to the tired horse that is Eric Ebron because they are very dissimilar players. Yeah. Howard is a lot more like him. He's a guy who can block. He's a guy who blocks well in space. He comes from a more pro style offense. He doesn't have drop problems. He doesn't have concentration problems. He's a mature dude. He's a, he's a weight room worker. There's, there's a whole lot of things that you say about OJ Howard that you would never say about Eric Ebron. And, and you would say those things about TJ Hawkins too. So I, I, I wanted to get that out there and it's gotten a very good response. And I'm happy about that. And, and by the way, uh, I got, I got word from Buccaneers people that they liked it too. So I'm, I'm happy about that. <laughs> hey, all right. At least their quarterback isn't reaching, giving any reach arounds to Uber drivers right now. So um, not, 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 not now, um, the, the, the summer's still young. Yeah, it's, it's only six o'clock. Give it a couple hours. It'll be dark out. He'll get back at it. No, that's uh that's, that's something. And, and they did, they had the quarterback problems, you know, as I alluded to James, uh, James's uh, situation and um, you know, they had Fitz magic going on, but OJ was, was in a weird spot there with, with what happened. I think you're right about Arians. Arians is a really good thing. For O.J. Howard, I think yeah, he has some, some good potential for us. So, Right. And if you think back to that draft, there were a lot of Lions fans who were convinced we were taking O.J. Howard, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it would it would make sense that he's, he's a Quinn type. That, that makes sense, too. And I, I probably should have put that in the, the column, but they don't like us to do speculative crap like that at USA Today for whatever reason. Oh, oh well. Just the facts, man. Yeah, just the fun. facts. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I know we're uh, running up against some time here for you, Riz. I appreciate you, you, you doing this for us. Just just really quick. You're still making it to the party, right? Oh, heck yeah. I've, I've already cleared my calendar out. I, in fact, I have... Uh, I have my travel dates planned out. I will I will share them with you off the air, but uh, awesome. I will be there. Um, the two practices around the camp uh, and the party as well. So awesome. uh, I'll awesome. be there for a lot of time. If people are hanging out for for more extended time, um, I will be staying at my mother in law's apartment in Canton, right by the IKEA. Doors I do open. Not want to stay with my mother in law. Your mother in law's so. apartment is what you're saying. <laughs> I do not want to stay with my mother in law. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> if you're in town, please hit me up because I'll need something to go. So Case is going to be there too. I'm, we're thinking of doing like some lunches and dinner tours as we're we're getting there. And uh, if you want to jump around, 
Uh, got some great places to eat to take you, Riz, if you want. And I can uh, give you guys the tour, a little, little of our own taste of Detroit. Nice. That sounds awesome. All right. Awesome, buddy. Thanks a lot for joining us in the midst of all you got going on. And uh, we'll talk again soon, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. All right. And on that note, we're going to call it a week. Thank you again, Riz. And uh, don't forget, we got the big party, party.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get your tickets now. Join us at the Uptown Grill on August 2nd for the huge training camp party. Dan Miller, Dean Bladino, Case, Riz, Sam and me, the whole gang will be there. And uh, don't forget, we need your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit to give us your feedback and let us know what you think of the show. Also on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Join the Slack chat. You get access with as little as a dollar a month donation. The more you can spare, hey, you might grow a bit more hair. I don't know. I don't know what happens or where that came from. Look at Case's face. He's all over the Slack these days. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Join us, help us out, and uh, help the show grow. Also, check us out on Facebook. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions podcast. Facebook.com slash The Detroit Lions podcast. And on the Twitter machine. Get tweeting at DET Lions Podcast. Get that following DET Lions Podcast. The very, very best place to see Case. Get in the van. <laughs> Call us via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast. All one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Maybe they... They know his uh, case's extension at 911 after this. We'll see. Be sure to go say, to- I really hope I don't see flashing lights <laughs> outside my apartment in a few hours here. But Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can come inside your little player every week. And thank you for tuning in. And we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. <laughs> Try not to get taken down with me, aren't you? <laughs> Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. Because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.